Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. I feel loved. Um, Thank you guys for being here. I really appreciate it. And um, I just hope that um, I always give the hope or the what I want to convey through the message at the very beginning. So um, that's what I'll start off with is just that. It's exactly that. Um, I just want to deliver hope to you today Um, and God's faithfulness. That's the title of the message, which is Great is your faithfulness, and honestly, I was like, well, the song just said it all, right? Um, Not a whole lot needs to be said, but I do think stuff needs to be said about God's faithfulness, because it's actually very simple to understand, but it is a complex thing for our human brains to grasp a hold of. God's faithfulness is actually very complex for humans to grab a hold of, because our faithfulness to God looks a lot different, um, and God's faithfulness to us is different. And I'll just I'll be explaining that to you um, throughout the message. I wasn't gonna give this story uh, because I just didn't feel like it was a necessity. But after Rebecca said what she said in prayer, and then Pastor Matt said, "You're not alone." I felt like the need to share it. Uh, And then God just kind of slapped me in the face and was like, duh, that's my faithfulness. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, Pastor Matt knows that I have been fighting with this message and just kind of, it's it's not my normal message. It's not a message. I mean, last time I threw my shoe. Don't worry, I'm not gonna throw my shoe this time. Um, It's not a normal way that I've prepared for a message. It's not a normal way that I feel like God speaks to me in the messages. And so it was very hard for me to grasp a hold of this message. And when, to come to find out it was there the whole time. The whole time that I thought there was nothing there, it was right there. And I think that sums it up in exactly what Rebecca was feeling. So basically the story, won't take too long on it, but uh, Jasmine was doing softball she was actually scheduled to preach this month. And so she, we were at Pastor Matt's house and we were talking and she was like, man, I'm just so busy. I'm not getting home till seven, eight o'clock at night. Uh, my time is just, I don't know, Pastor Matt, if, if I could do it. And I was hearing this and she was like, oh man, it's a month and a half away. I'm, I, or maybe it was even two months away. I just don't know, softball season's kicking up. Well, at that time, I had not really anything on my plate but my job. So I was getting home at like 4.30, 5 o'clock sometimes. So for me, that's a lot of time. And I was like, you know, I get to go home and take a nap. Jasmine's at practice. She comes home. She's like, must be nice, you know, type thing. And she's getting mad at me because I get to take a nap while she's over at practice, right? And now I'm doing that with Gilbert, me and Jasmine going to him, must be nice, you know. Um, but anyways, so... 
I was like, well, God's been speaking to me. I, I got a couple things on my plate. I got a couple things in the notes. I think I can. I was like, I'll do it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, right? And so Pastor Matt was like, yeah, you want to do it? Okay, fine. We can make that switch. No big deal. It's, it's a couple months away. No big deal. That week, no lie, my principal calls me and says, hey, I want to do this, this, and this, and I need you to get it done. And I was like, okay. Sounds good. Uh, it's going to be a lot. Uh, and I want you to start this club and I want you to get going on this. And I was like, okay, plates starting to get a little bit fuller, but this is all school stuff. I can handle this. Then I get a phone call and was like, all right, so here's the deal. We looked for a softball coach. We couldn't find one. You're our last resort. I need you to coach. And I was like, oh, okay. And so without even really knowing it, my plate just began to get fuller and fuller and fuller and fuller. And it was out of my control in a sense. It just happened. And so pretty much feeling like Rebecca, long story short, is I didn't have time for anything. Pastor Matt would keep texting me, hey, how's your message coming? I'm like, "Mm, dot, dot, dot. How's your message coming? Dot, dot, dot. I, you know, I have content. That's what I kept telling him. I have content. I just don't have, I have, the, I have scripture. I have content. I have what I believe is, is where it needs to go, but I just don't have the word, right? And so we end up meeting, and then this word pops up, faithfulness. And as soon as he said it, immediately something struck in my cord and was like, yes, that's it. Well, then I go back home, and I'm like, crickets <laughs> and it just it was just a struggle for me and that, that's that's what I want I don't want to go into anymore because I want to get to the message it was a struggle not to form a message that's not what I want to to put here this was not a struggle to be last minute it was a struggle because I didn't understand what God was doing to me at that time God was making me rely on his faithfulness to bring this word And I didn't realize that till just now standing there after Becca said what she said. This this was a test for me to, to trust God and to trust his faithfulness. And what's weird about it is just because I am totally a person that trusts God's faithfulness. You can ask my sister, she always thinks I'm crazy because when a hard situation comes, she's like, are you not even affected by it? And she's like, you're not even like emotionally about it. Like what's wrong with you? You know, and she's over here. Sorry, Angel, but she's over here crying or, or like, I don't know what to do. Sorry. I don't know. You know, she's, she's, she, she's the crazy warrior in the life. And I'm the, you know, just like, eh, you know? So for me to be this like flustered by this and I kept going to Jasmine, I was like, it's your fault. <laughs> And every time, every day, I'd come home and I'd be sitting at the table with my computer open, the books open, and I, I wish I would have brought it to you, but like, look at my notes. Like, <laughs> normally I come up here all organized with this nice like paper and dots and bullets and this computer, and this is actually number four of my notes. Like, like. I have papers on my computer desk that just have notes everywhere. And so Pastor Matt was like, all right, so send me your info, send me your content. And I was like, I can't. (laughs) 
you know, like I can't, that it's, there's not, I mean, there's just words on a paper, like, uh, anyways, so enough with that, but God's faithfulness is what I was enduring this whole time, and that's just what it is. Um, so let's go ahead and, and start reading, and I'm reading Jeremiah in Lamentation, Lamentations is talking, um, I don't want to get too much in depth, but basically this is Jeremiah talking, and Jeremiah is just being straight up real, and he's being um, just open, and he's just speaking what's on his heart, so I really think you're going to relate to this. Some of this is tough content, you know, some of this is like, ooh, you know, and we'll get to that. So, Lamentations 1-3 says this, I am the man who has seen trouble, trouble coming from the lash of God's anger. He took me by the hand and walked me into pitch black darkness. Yes, he's given me the back of his hand over and over and over again. What? All right, I'll keep going. He turned me into a scarecrow of skin and bones, then broke the bones. He hemmed, them, he hemmed me in, ganged up on me, poured on the trouble and hard times. He locked me up in deep darkness like a corpse nailed inside a coffin. He shuts me in so I'll never get out. Manacles, my hands, shackles my feet. Even when I cry out and plead for help, he locks up my prayers and throws away the key. He seats me up, he sets up blockades and quarried limestone. He's got me cornered. He's a prowling bear tracking me down, a lion hiding ready to pounce. He knocked me from the path and ripped me to pieces. When he finished, there was nothing left of me. He took out his bow and arrows and used them, used me for target practice. He shot me in the stomach with arrows from his quiver. Everyone took me for a joke, made me the butt of their mocking ballads. He forced rotten, stinking food down my throat, bloated me with vile drinks. He grounded my face into the gravel. He pounded me into the mud. I gave up on life altogether. I've forgotten what the good life is like. I said to myself, that is it. I am finished. God is a lost cause. Now, yeah. Honestly, you don't have to raise your hand. If you want to, you can. But how many of us have felt like that towards God? I did this week, in a sense. Now, don't get me wrong, some of this is a lot heavier than what I went through this past two months, a lot heavier. But there was moments in there where I have felt that very same way. And I know that there are moments, it's, don't be ashamed of feeling that way. Guys, this is a prophet, his name is Jeremiah. He's a prophet of God. He was put in lots of tough situations. This man, Jeremiah, was thrown into prison countless of times. This man, Jeremiah, was sent to Jerusalem, to Israel, to tell the people that they're doing wrong and they need to get out. This man, Jeremiah, was put through the mill. He was, he was, he was I guarantee you, he was beat up. I guarantee you, he was 
stoned, I guarantee you that this man's life was not, was not what he envisioned spending and, and being a vessel of God was. I guarantee you. But I want us to kind of go back through and reread that with a little bit different mindset. Because I feel like sometimes us, if we have this certain way of thinking, and if we just kind of twist it just a little bit, it would totally change our viewpoint of this world and our viewpoint of why we are actually born and our viewpoint of, of what our life's purpose is really about. I feel like if we just make that small adjustment, then we really see God's faithfulness there. And we can really understand, you know, we're just these crazy humans living in this crazy world. So let's kind of reread that, knowing now the background of Jeremiah, knowing now that Jeremiah was put, so let me kind of give you that background there. The people of Israel, they were living in Jerusalem, they're in Israel, they were in the promised land now, right? God is telling them through different prophets, not only Jeremiah, but through all these different prophets, through all these different people, he's telling them, turn your wicked ways. You are doing wrong. You are, you are worshiping these false gods. You are worshiping these false idols. You have turned away from me. You have gone into sexual immorality. You have gone into to creating these things that, that I no longer exist. And so Jeremiah was put into that position to tell them this is what's gonna happen if you don't change your ways. So kinda let's reread that with just a little tweak. So verse one, you can go back over there, Cheryl, to verse one, and I am gonna skip around, but verse one says, I am the man who has seen trouble, trouble coming from the lash of God's anger. So that verse right there is just basically saying that he's a prophet. He's a prophet telling the people some hard stuff like turn your ways or you're going to get kicked out of the promised land. Turn your ways or God's wrath, God's anger is coming for you. He's just this man that was put in this position. Then it says he took me by the hand and walked me into pitch black darkness. Yes, he's given me the back of his hand over and over again. What is the pitch black darkness? That is Israel. They were living in such darkness. They were living in such torment on themselves that it was like walking into pitch black darkness hell. And that's what he's trying to convey there. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. And honestly, after reading through this, now I haven't fully studied all of Jeremiah's uh, writings or anything like that, but just Lamentations alone, it sounds like he's a whiny baby. It kind of sounds like he's weeping all the time, like he's crying out. But really, I would like to change it and say Jeremiah was a prophet of hope. Because Jeremiah wasn't weeping in this moment. He was just being real. He was just speaking out. He was just saying what Becca said. I am lost right now. I am missing out on you, God. I am not being as faithful as I should to you right now. I am been going through this situation because I'm put in this position. And that's all that it is, it's just being truthful. It's just, he's just speaking of what he has gone through. He is speaking his testimony in this very instant. So then we go on in, um, to verse four through six and it says, he turned me into a scarecrow 
of skin and bones and broke the bones. He hemmed me in, ganged up on me, poured out the trouble, poured out poured on the trouble and hard times. He locked me up into a deep darkness like a corpse nailed inside a coffin. It's just, he's just describing what he has had to go through while he's been in Israel, while he's been a prophet. He's just speaking of just being, have you ever talked to somebody blue in your face? Maybe your kids, probably your kids, or if you don't have kids, maybe your, your mom or dad, and you talk to them blue in the face and say, you know, this is what you got to do. I don't know how else to tell you, but they still keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. This is what he means by I'm locked up. I feel like I'm in a coffin because he has not, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to say. I don't know where else to turn to. And that's pretty much what he's saying. It's just, I'm, I'm lost for more words. Like, what, what is it that I, I need to say? What can I say to turn them? I'm sure he's so frustrated with Israel right now that he's like, ugh, I just feel locked up. But it sounds like he's blaming God, right? But he's not. He's just speaking of what he's going through. He's not blaming God. He shuts me off, verse seven, he shuts me in so I'll never get out, manacles on my hands, shackles on my feet. Even when I cry out and plead for help, he locks up my prayers and throws away the key. Basically, what is this saying? I pray, I pray, I pray, and still, they're doing the same thing. I pray, I pray, I pray, and it just feels like, God, you're hearing me because I know you're there, but nothing's happening. What's going on? He's a prowling bear tracking me down, a lion hiding, hiding ready to pounce. He knocked me from the path and ripped me to pieces. When he was finished, there was nothing left of me. He took, me, he took out his bow and arrows and used me for target practice. He shot me in the stomach with arrows from a quiver. Everyone took me for a joke, made me the butt of their mocking ballads. He forced rotten, stinking food down my throat, bloated me with vile drinks. He grounded my face into gravel. He pounded me into the mud. I gave up on life altogether. I've forgotten what good, a, the good life is like. I said to myself, that is it. I am finished. God is a lost cause. Now, was he saying that for himself? I don't think so. Because what comes to follow, you'll see, uh, he's not talking about that himself. God is a lost cause. He has not given up on God. But He's saying God is a lost cause for Israel. And God is a lost cause for his people. And I honestly think we think that sometimes with people around us. We give up on people. We stop talking to them. I'm totally guilty of it. Totally. We kind of give up on people. We kind of like say God is a lost cause for them. You know. Sometimes we're like, just, I'm done. I can't, there's nothing else I can say, right? So here's, here's the hopeful part. Verse 19 says, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember. The feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one thing I remember. And remembering still, I keep a grip on hope. 
This is why I say Jeremiah is not a weeping prophet, but he is a prophet of hope. Because through all of that, through everything that he has gone through, and I'm telling you, this man was put in jail multiple times. This man was exactly probably what he was saying, being smashed in the mud, hitting the gravel. I guarantee you that's really happened to him. Having shackles on his hands. Yes, that is true. That had happened to him. But I'm remembering and I have a grip on hope. So no matter what gets thrown at me, no matter what this world is throwing at me, I know my purpose. I know that there is hope for God's people no matter what. And so I'm not gonna give up, and this is what he's saying. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. So that's what I was talking about. Sometimes we have this mindset of, oh, woe is me. Oh, God. Oh, this. Oh, that. Oh, I've tried. Oh, I've changed your tone and changed your mindset just a little bit. And it was completely, God knew that I had stuck my foot in my mouth and said, I got it. What you go through. He knows the trials you endure. He knows your, he knows your loss. He knows all of that. Jeremiah did not give up hope. And that is why he was a, and so what is faithfulness? I kind of want to go there. I don't think you can understand and grasp that his mercy, his love, all of that is new every morning until you fully grasp what is faithfulness, okay? So what is faithfulness? What does faithfulness look like to humans, to us? Well, faithfulness is being loyal, right? If you're faithful to your spouse, faithful to your friends, faithful to your church, faithful to your family, what does that look like? Well, that looks like being loyal, right? Telling the truth. That is what our faithfulness looks like to each other. What does our faithfulness look like to God? Our faithfulness to God looks like I'm going to try my absolute best to be sinless. I'm going to try my absolute, not going to worship any other idols. I am not, I'm not putting anything above you or I'm going to try my best not to put anything above you. I am going to be faithful and loyal and trusting only to God alone. So what, it, what really is all of those things? All of those things are acts and actions. So our faithfulness is more to God, to each other, our actions. That's what our faithfulness is. So then what is God's faithfulness to us? Is there a difference? Absolutely. And that word right there is God is absolute. And that is why it's different. We are not absolute. We make mistakes all the time. We fall short all the time. Therefore, that is why our faithfulness is shown by actions. But God's faithfulness is absolute. So what is faithfulness? What is God's faithfulness? It's God. It's God. And I told you it was a simple answer, but it is complex. God's faithfulness is 
his love, and his truth. Because they are absolute, they are unchanging. It does, scripture says, and this is the a very common, that's why he's not even up there, very common scripture, I use it all the time, God is the same God, yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. He is absolute, he is constant, he is never changing. And so therefore, what is God's faithfulness to us? It's unconditional. Unconditional love, unconditional gentleness, unconditional peace, unconditional uh, uh, thankfulness, unconditional patience, unconditional kindness, unconditional forgiveness. That is his faithfulness. So when you turn to God and look at God as, well, God, you're not faithful because you haven't given me that job yet, you're wrong. Constant in your life. God so I'm kicking you out of the promised land because you can't behave, but don't worry, you're coming back. That's God's faithfulness. His, his prophecies through his, his, his prophets have all come true, or almost all true. There's still some prophecies out there that we're waiting for, his return, his coming. But Israel, that prophecy of Israel coming back to, to uh, Egypt, coming back has come true already. They are now a nation again. They got kicked out, they got booted out, they weren't a nation anymore. They, the, the North stole it from them, but now they are back a nation. Is there still fighting? Is there still war? Is there still torment? Are people still trying to take it away from them? Absolutely, but it's there, it's there. That prophecy was fulfilled. So what is, see how simple that is? It's very simple. So no matter how bad we feel because we can't give the actions to God of our faithfulness, we can't show him our faithfulness, it doesn't matter because he's still faithful. That will never change. God's faithfulness will never change. God's goodness will never change for us. God's mercy will never change. So how can God's mercies be new every morning? Because they never go away. They're always there. I think we feel like, okay, today I messed it up. So today God doesn't love me. But when I go to sleep and I wake up, he loves me again, it's there again. That's not how it works. And, but we, our brain sees it like that. And I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I feel like I messed up, so I feel like God doesn't lo loves me a little bit less. And it's not true. God loves you constantly no matter what. God's faithfulness is always surrounding you. You need a job, it will come. You need this, it will happen. You need salvation, it is there. It never goes away, never goes away. You need forgiveness, you need uplifting, it is there. It's there. So let's read that again, verse 22 through 24. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. Say amen. amen. Let's read that again. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. Amen. God's love couldn't have run out. There we go. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. Yes. How great is your faithfulness? I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over again. He's all I've got. He's all I've got. 
you will be in a position, if you haven't been already, maybe you have, maybe you have multiple times, but you will, in some time in your life, you will be in a position where God is all you have. Now, will you see his faith in that moment when God's faithfulness is all you have? So have hope, have, have that thought of no matter what, God's got my back. No matter how it's, God has my back. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He's got a plan for me. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's there for me no matter what. His, his mercies are new every morning. His love is new every morning. I got it. And the only reason I think that uh, Jeremiah puts that, because God's love and mercies are always, it's not just in the morning, but I, I feel like he put that so people can understand that it's every day. It's not just that day. I don't think he put that just to say, oh, yep, you lost it. Now wake up in the morning. You got it again. I don't, I, that's not why he put it there. He put it there for our brains to understand that it's constant. All right, let's move on. Verse 25 through 27. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It's it's a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope from God, uh, quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young, uh, when you're young to s- stick it out through the hard times. Next verse. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself, enter the silence, bow in prayer, don't ask questions, wait for hope to appear, don't run from trouble. Take it full face, the worst is never the worst. That's not my words, I know y'all are getting high, but that's, that's, that's Jeremiah, that's God pumping you up, energizing you, telling you, I, I have this section, that section right there, when life is heavy and hard to take, I have that section off by itself, and the reason why is because this is where Jeremiah is telling you, okay, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're mad, you don't know if you can take it anymore, you're not sure what else to do, you have this glimmer of hope for God, so if, if that's there, then go in and pray. Go in and don't, don't be weary of the hard times. Take it. He's saying take it, but take it and go into that place and be faithful to me now. That's what, he, that's what Jeremiah is saying. Be faithful to God now with our actions. Remember I told you our faithfulness is not constant. You, you saw that with me already, that I struggled, right? For two months, I struggled with this. Two months, I have, I mean, literally, me and Jasmine get home sometimes at 10.30 at night from our day. We leave at 6.30, and we don't get home till 10.30, and you want me to preach? And you want me to know what I'm doing up there? No way. Take it. Go into prayer. Go into that place with God. Have the hope of God and be faithful to him. Be faithful with your hope. Be faithful. So the constants of God are the fruits of the spirit, right? That's kind of what I I was looking at. And I was like, you know what? All of these fruits of the spirit that he's given us, that he wants us to be, that is him constantly. 
So you take those fruits of the spirit. You take love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness. You, gentleness, take all of those, self-control, and then you go in those and be faithful to God with. And watch what he does. That's what Jeremiah is telling us to do. Take it. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter in silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble. Take it in full face. The worst is never the worst. So be faithful to me is what God's saying. Be faithful to me with your actions because I am faithful to you, right? So then the next scripture, verse 31, says this, why? (laughs) That's funny, right? Jeremiah, why? He's basically telling us, why should you do this? Because the master won't ever walk out and fail to return. Amen? So let's read that. I just want to read it over and over again. 28 through 30 says, when life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself, enter in silence, bow in prayer, don't ask questions, wait for hope to appear, don't run from trouble, take it in full face, the worst is never the worst. Why? Because the master won't ever walk out and fail to return. If he works severely, meaning if he's willing to throw them out of Egypt, out of Israel, for what they've done. If he works severely, he also works tenderly, which means his promises will be fulfilled. His stockpiles of loyal love are immense. He takes no pleasure in making life hard and throwing roadblocks in the way. He takes no pleasure in that. All God wants is your faithfulness. He takes no pleasure in bringing hard times to your life. And you know what? There are a lot of times, and you've probably heard me say it over and over again up here because I have that same mentality, is a lot of the times, a lot of the times, there are many times where things just happen and you can't help it. The world is world, and the world sometimes sucks. Every time I say that, look at Matt. Can I say that? But it's true. It is true. Sometimes we, we can't help the situation. But sometimes we put ourselves in that sucky place. Sometimes we put ourselves in this situation where we feel like we want to give up. We put ourselves in that position where we can't take it and we feel like we've taken on too much. His stockpiles of love are immense. What is stockpiles? It sounds cool, it sounds awesome, it sounds intense. Like when you hear that, his stockpiles of love, loyal, or it says loyal love, his stockpiles of loyal love are immense. You're like, ooh, like Mufasa, ooh, (laughs) right? What does it mean though? What does it mean? What are stockpiles? Basically, what stockpiles are is it's, it's a material that you have ready for when something runs out. It's, it's, it's some type of substance that you have ready when you don't have the other, okay? When something runs out. 
So if his stockpiles of loyal love are immense, then that means exactly what we talked about. His loyal love is never ending. When you run out of God's love, because we do, God never runs out, but we sometimes feel like we run out, like where are you at, God? I don't feel you anymore. I feel distant from you. That is when you pull out that stockpile of love. That is when you pull out that stockpile of, of goodness and, and graciousness and gratefulness and joy and love. That is when you wake up in the morning new every morning with his, with his immense love. He has stockpiles, which ultimately means it's never ending. It's never gonna give, it's never gonna run out. And there are so many scriptures that say that. It never gives up, never runs out. So Matt, when we, me and Matt were talking about this message, he was like, you need, you need, try and find an example of this faithfulness. You know, and he gave me an example of him and his kids and things like that, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then, so I, I started going, and I focused on that. I focused on having to find an example. I focused on people relate to examples. People relate to situations. People relate to this, and I started looking for it, and honestly, that brought more frustration to me, trying to look for this example, rather than just looking at the scripture and saying, well, this is it, right? So I don't have an example because you can't find an example of God's faithfulness. You can't find every single person in the Bible is an example of God's faithfulness. I can't find a specific example. It would be pointless for me to tell you Jeremiah is an example of faithfulness because Jeremiah did this. Daniel is an example of faithfulness because Daniel and the Dian's den, uh, Matthew, Mark, John, Luke, they're examples because I can't tell you that because they are all, God, because faithfulness never runs out, people. God is constant all the time. God is faithful all the time, so how can I give you an example? How can I give you an example about my life and how God is faithful in my life, I can't because God is faithful in your life and all of you are example of God's faithfulness. There is not just one great example of God's faithfulness because if I label God as just one great example, then I don't understand his faithfulness. I don't understand his faithfulness if I'm giving you an example of his faithfulness because there's no example greater than all of us. There's no example greater than this world being created. There's no example greater than life itself. There's no example I can give you. Right? So that's all I got. That's it. There's no example. You are God's faithfulness. You are God's, you are God's example. You are God's example. How you choose to live that is up to you. How you choose to recognize that is up to you. God gave us the ability to choose. 
God gave us the ability to make choices in our life. Some choices lead us good greatness and some choices lead us down a, a nasty path. But God gave you the ability to make that choice. So you choose to dwell or you choose to live life. You choose to live in darkness or you choose to live in light. You choose not to live in his faithfulness and, and if you choose to make his faithfulness uncon unconditional, or conditional, I should say. So whenever he's good to me, God is faithful. Whenever he's not good to me, he's not faithful. If you choose that, then that's how you're gonna live your life. You're gonna live your life like God is conditional, like he gives you conditions, which is not true. God does not give you conditional love. God does not give you whenever he wants to. God is not only faithful in good times, but he's faithful in bad times. And God is not only faithful in bad times, because some people see that. They only see God's faithfulness in their trial times when God takes them out of it. And that's not true. God is faithful continuously. How great is your faithfulness? Well, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Amen? Amen. Um, you know, if you want prayer for anything, we are here for you. Jasmine can pray for you. I can pray for you. Pastor Matt, Brother David can pray for you. Brother David, raise your hand. There you go. If you would like to come up for prayer, I don't really have a big altar call, but if you want prayer, if you need a, a rewiring of your brain about God's faithfulness, then come up and get it, but no pressure. You don't have to. Um, if you just want to sit there and while we're worshiping, we have one more song, then sit there and think about everything that I just said. And that's perfectly okay. But again, my hope for you today was just that, to understand that faith, God's faithfulness is super simple. We complicate it. We complicate it, but we complicate a lot of things. That's our human nature. We make things harder than they really are. God is super simple with a lot of things in the mix, but he is just super simple. Simple. The fact that he just wants to love you, take care of you, and fulfill his promise in you is, is very simple. So if everybody can stand up while we worship, thank you guys for your time. Thank you, Pastor Matt, for this opportunity. Um, thank you guys for coming. I had some friends come in. They surprised me. I appreciate that. And uh, love you guys. Y'all are awesome. joining us this week. Our vision is to plant churches that are life-changing. If you would like to support our ministry, you can easily do so by visiting our website, PursuitCC.com. Also, follow us on all social media outlets by using at PursuitCC. Thank you and God bless.